Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. A podcast looking back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. I'm Heather. And I'm Jonathan. And we are your co-hosts. This podcast is part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. Jonathan and I are continuing our discussion on our series called Between the Testaments. And we've talked about the Maccabees. We've talked about the Apocrypha. We've talked about Greek Hellenism. And now we're introducing you to a character who we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. You know him as the guy who killed babies in Bethlehem. But Josephus writes about him extensively. And we've got some fun, 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 crazy, like days of our lives, soap opera stuff that we're going to be sharing with you all over the next few weeks about Herod the Great, your favorite biblical psychopath. So, Jonathan, are you excited to share today with us about Herod the Great? Um, yes. So, like any good story, we have to start somewhere, right? So this is kind sure. of like Herod's origin story, right? How does how does this guy who's, you know, kind of coming out of nowhere become this great villain um, to so yeah. many things? I mean, obviously, you know, if, if your only familiarity with Herod is the Gospel of Matthew, you open it up and it's like, this guy's a jealous ruler and he's willing to commit infanticide to make sure that nobody takes his throne. Like, this this guy is crazy. Which kind of summarizes his life, really, right? I mean, pretty much about sums I mean, it up. <laughs> you know, it, I think by the time we go through this, um, our listeners that are not familiar will definitely be like, oh, you know what? No, it makes a lot of sense now why this guy acts this way uh, in, in the Gospels. Um, yeah. So again, if it were me, I would just say this is more like Herod than not so great. But... Yeah, for sure. You may have also heard that. Oh well, he was a popular guy, right? Like he was, he was the, the the people's king. Like, how did so many people come to, you know, be influenced by him? Right. I mean, these are some of the questions. And I think one of the things that I love so much about this is all the tie-ins it has to Roman history. Right. I mean, you, as you you may have studied in you know ancient history in school, um, you hear about Roman general Pompey, right, or Pompey. I guess, depending on your accent. Um, but you hear about, okay. oh, well, Pompey came in, and, and then this happened, and then there was this big, you know, issue with Julius Caesar and, and all this. Like, these are the sorts of things that are going on in the background yeah. of who Herod is and, and kind of his rise to power. Right? Sure. So I think one of the first questions to address as we really get into it is, why should we care? Right? Like, oh, well, I read the Gospels. Why, why do I? Why do I need to know? I think the biggest thing for that is is just to understand that we can bridge the gap because we don't live in ancient Judea, right? Yeah, that's great. Um, again, if you just open the Bible, all I need is the Bible, right? So you just you just open your Bible, and suddenly mm. here's this guy, right? And yeah. Matthew Matthew's making a point that does not require giving you all of Herod's backstory, but Matthew also uses it kind of takes for granted as the, all the authors of scripture do they take for granted that their audience already knows this stuff that's correct yeah right? because they were living in it it was something that they knew about because they were literally right in the thick of it yep yeah so again so so why herod um because herod had more influence on what life in the first century uh in the galilee in judea was like than just about any other singular individual of the time so and again, i think it's really now, fun to teach oh 
sorry, I was just going to say, I think this is really fun to teach to teenagers too, because there's so many relatable like character flaws and things like that, where Herod's an easily memorable, memorable type of individual that you can teach to kids and they can take it with them and, and, uh, and learn lots of life lessons or other things that come out from teaching about the life of Herod. So sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's good. Um, hopefully he's relatable in the sense that <clears throat> we all have flaws, but not too relatable, right? Because mm-hmm. some of oh, his well. were, yeah. were pretty bad. Um, so again, this guy, Herod, he becomes king of the Jews. How does that come about? Um, well, Herod was not himself Jewish in the general sense, meaning descended from Judah or a follower of Judaism, right? Herod was from Edomia. Uh, the Indumians, which is kind of just the Hellenized way of saying Edom, right? And if you remember your uh, your your history from Genesis, Edom is Esau, right? It's Jacob's right. brother. So you could kind of say, oh, well, Herod's like a distant cousin to the Jewish people. Um, but of course, Edom, you know, Edomia was a, a kingdom outside of uh, Judea, right? Right. Um, so after the Babylonian exile, the Persian return, and the the various shakeups of the Greek and Roman empires, and this war and that skirmish and all of this, um, there were Jews that lived in Idumea as well, right? Right. Now, according to Josephus, and like you, you mentioned uh, previously, most of the information that we have about Herod's life and backstory comes from Josephus. It was a very important mm-hmm. part of Josephus' history. Uh, sure. So Herod's father was Antipater, right? Um, Antipater, uh, you might say. Um, but Antipater <laughs> was uh, a nobleman, right? And he was tasked uh-huh. with running the government of Idumea by Alexander Janaeus. Now, I'm going to try to to walk through this in such a way that we're not just going to throw out a whole bunch of names and have everybody confused and be like, so was this Alexander or was this John or the other John? Or I'm, I'm confused. Who is... Who are all these guys? Um, yeah. So <clears throat> let me just give the kind of the, the, the short version so we don't overwhelm everybody. Um, but, you know, previously we talked about the Maccabees, right? So the Maccabees, the, the Hasmoneans. So this was Mattathias, uh, if our listeners remember. So Mattathias, he had five sons. These were the ones that they refused to give in to Greek Hellenism. They refused to slaughter um, sacrifices to pagan gods. And they said, you know, no, we are zealous for God and what God has required of us uh, and has been commanded in the Torah, right, in the law. So they were zealous for the law. Um, and of these five sons, because their, their father died, uh, and of these five sons, we have Simon, right? We also have Judas, you know, Judas Maccabeus, Judah the Hammer, mm-hmm. uh, as we call it. Yeah. That's kind of the, the primary one featured in the, the book of First Maccabees. But one of the others was Simon, right? Simon Maccabeus. Mm-hmm. So for... Uh, about eight years, um, Simon served, or seven, seven years, I think, Simon served as high priest, right? So okay. Simon served as high priest, and one of his sons was John Hyrcanus. And we could do a whole separate series uh. just on John Hyrcanus, because there's a lot there, too. Um, but this is important to, to keep in mind. So Hyrcanus had four sons of his own, one of whom mm-hmm. was Alexander Janaeus. So Alexander Janaeus is the grandson of of Simon Maccabeus, right? Uh-huh. So Alexander, Janaeus, another important name. Um, we'll we'll kind of see that yep. a little bit more. Um, but they were both harsh leaders and rulers, 
right? Alexander Janaeus, um, John Hyrcanus. Uh, they continued the Hasmonean fight for independence, which is good, right? Mm-hmm. To throw off mm-hmm. the yoke of Hellenism to say, no, we will not be sacrificing pigs on God's altar to Zeus. You know, the, the sort of horrible things that the Seleucids had brought in or tried to bring in. Um, so they, they continued that fight for independence. But in the meantime, they themselves also became rather violent rulers as well. Um, mm. they, they basically led crusades of their own, forced conversions, um, right. sort of thing. And this includes Idumea, mm. right? So again, that the territory of Edom, yes. um, which is how we, we bridge that now into Herod. So they led these, these Maccabean campaigns for a few decades into uh, Idumea, and now they've, they've started taking over that land as well. So yep. Alexander Janaeus, son of John Hyrcanus, the son of Simon Maccabee, yep. right, became ruler of Idumea and nearby territories. Now we enter Herod's dad. Right, Antipater. Antipater was an advisor to Hyrcanus the Second, right, which was the son of Alexander Janaeus. So, so he wanted to Hyrcanus the Second wanted to seize control from his brother of that Idumean land. Now we enter Rome. So there continued to be civil issues. There was a lot of unrest. There was infighting. There were numerous political problems in throughout the Roman Empire, and the Roman general Pompey actually invaded and seized control of Jerusalem. Um, In fact, this was the number one cause of Jewish hatred of Rome, was because when Pompey came in, he didn't just come in and say, oh, this is a really nice temple you've got here, it's really pretty. He didn't even just send in soldiers to plunder it, he entered the Holy of Holies. Right. The one thing that they say no one can ever do, um, and he went and Mm. did it. Now, you could probably say that Pompey was a very well-learned man. He was a successful general and tactician. He probably knew not to do it, but he did it anyway. So Pompey comes in, he enters the Holy of Holies, and now the Jews really start to hate him. So meanwhile, Antipater in Idumea, right, uh, he worked really hard to become favored by the standing high priest, the Hasmonean, you know, descended high priest. He worked hard to be well-liked by Rome. Um, and he was kind of like the unofficial ruler of Idumea after the, the Romans had come back in and retaken the area. So Pompey sure. eventually would return to Rome. He had promised, he had led all his soldiers across the land. He had conquered all these these lands. He had lost so many. He had been you know, taken away from their families for years with a great promise of, hey, we're going to get back. You're going to get a pension. You're going to get a land grant. You're basically going to get to retire a wealthy landowner in Rome. And the Senate said no. Right, so the mm-hmm. Senate refused this uh, promise that Pompey had made, and so of course Pompey would begin to conspire. Um, he would work to create uh, a triumvirate and circumvent the Senate. Of course, this led to more corruption, more internal conflicts, and eventually Gaius Julius, whom we would know as Julius Caesar, launched a campaign mm. against Pompey. So more backstabbing, more corruption, right? And the reason that this becomes important for understanding with Herod is as part of his whole uh, campaign, Antipater saw the perfect opportunity to gain favor with Caesar. So when Caesar had gone in and began to wage war against Alexandria, Egypt, which, mind you, had a large Jewish community at the time, right? Uh Uh, He went after Pompey, and one of Pompey's strongholds was Alexandria. And so Caesar sent in the armies of Rome against um, Alexandria. And 
Antipater offered assistance. So he offered to send some soldiers, he offered to send some aid in, in various ways, and one of the most important pieces was he was able to exert influence over the Jews in Alexandria to keep them from joining in this uprising and fighting back against Rome. And so because ah. of his assistance, Caesar was able to basically win, right? He was able to win, yeah. and then he, he felt kind of indebted to Antipater, and so he granted... Um, special privileges to Antipater and the area that he ruled over, which at this point would would begin to include uh, Judea, right? Right. So now remember, Antipater was not technically the Hasmonean ruler at this time, right? Um, but he basically acted as the ruler of Idumea. So Hyrcanus yep. II was officially installed as the high priest, and then Antipater was granted Roman citizenship, which we remember from the Book of Acts is very important. Right, Paul, mm-hmm. Paul brings that up. So he was granted sure. uh, Roman citizenship, and he was made the ruler of all the territory of the Jews throughout uh, Galilee, throughout Judea, throughout Idumea, where they had again they had they had begun to dwell there as well. Um, uh-huh. And so then Antipater appoints his two sons, one of them as ruler over Jerusalem, and the other Herod as ruler over the Galilee. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, these, these special privileges were reduced taxation. They were exemption from the obligation to supply troops, um, special benefits granted to the Jews. One of the most important ones, of course, was freedom of worship, right? So yeah. the Jews were then kind of indebted to Antipater and through that also kind of Herod as well, because it's like, hey, we have kind of drawn the ire of Rome because we refuse to offer sacrifices to Rome, but... You've let you've helped us gain this place where we can worship freely in the temple, freely in our synagogues. So they they kind of had this, you know, I guess codependence, maybe not really a healthy mm-hmm. relationship, I would say. Um, right. But eventually, Antipater gets assassinated. Right. So Antipater gets off. Herod flees to Rome. They think he thinks they're going to kill him too. Um, yeah. And then with the the backing and the assistance of Rome, he gets crowned king of Judea. He gets sent back oh. to take the land from the Parthians. Um, and then, of course, Herod would come to be known as Herod the Great and would rule for the next right. three-plus decades. Um, Herod was also known as a great builder. And I think this is probably another one yeah. of the ways that he was able to, you know, kind of endear himself to the Jewish people. Um, because he was, again, he's very smart, very crafty. Um, oh, he yeah. knew, hey, these people are serious about their religion. They're serious about the yeah. temple. And so one of the things, and I think we'll talk about this uh, maybe in a couple weeks, but one of the things that Herod is, is well known for are his additions and his building projects, not just throughout the whole area, but especially the temple in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. His so, temple, many parts of it still stand today. Right? Yep. Yeah, it yep. was a massive, huge temple. and But, you know... Herod did that in a way to try to gain favor with the Jewish people because the Jewish people never quite really saw him as one of them. And here comes this Idumean, this person who isn't really seen as a full-blooded Jew, and now they're ruling over them. And I think for the most part, Herod's um, reign was a constant struggle amongst trying to gain the favor of Rome, trying to gain the favor of the Jews, and did that through making really big buildings and right. Like did that and trying to gain their favor and and please other people. And in many ways, Herod was uh, a psychopath who was deeply insecure 
and lived in light of his insecurity and his fear of other people and his fear of being overthrown from his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our, our family, our our upbringing, our background um, has much to do with who and what Mm. you become. That's really good. Um, That's really good. Not everybody has had the, the blessing of growing up in a loving, supportive, God-fearing home. Mm -hmm. You know, people have different backgrounds um, that lead to who they become. It, it affects how we interact with people. It affects relationships we've uh, that we're able to construct both with other people, which is mm-hmm. half the 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 two great commandments, right? Love God and love people. Um, yeah. So it's you know half of that is how we interact with fellow human beings, um, and I, I think this is you know in in missiology, right? It's like mission work. Um, mm-hmm. This is in some sense like contextualization, right? Um, it's, it's taking the, the, the message, um, and being able to present it to someone despite their background, despite what they've grown Mm. up, despite what they've had to overcome. And even in some cases, the deficiencies that they've had in their own learning and being able to really help bring that home Mm. for them in a way that they can understand it. Right. Not just, you know, I learned their language and I learned their culture so that I could, you know, give them the gospel in their language, but even just their home culture. Right. Like you really have to understand people um, and really relationally um, be able to relate to people and understand and communicate with people and understand their background to Mm. be able to even disciple them. That's really good, because I'm just thinking about all the the students that I've encountered over the years. And it's so true that your family background 100 percent affects your development as a Christian, as as a person, I, I still deal today with, in fact, I was just thinking about this today, about, man, it is so hard for people who have had difficult family backgrounds to thrive in certain areas of life. Obviously, it's possible, but man, it's, it's just a thousand times harder. And the grace and compassion and the understanding that we need in the body of Christ to lovingly come alongside, not to shame or to make them feel bad, but to simply be the aroma of Christ to them and, and to walk with them in the midst of um, their challenges is an opportunity for us to help God restore the brokenness of family systems. Bind up the yeah. brokenhearted, right? There you go. You said it, brother. Well, this has been a fun first week on Herod the Great. And so, friends, I hope you learned a million and fifty things from Jonathan today. I hope you can say all the names that he said um, of all those leaders in order. There is going to be a quiz. Not, not really. No, Um, but friends, uh, we are going to keep the conversation rolling on Herod the great next week. You're going to hear about all his craziness and it's going to be the best soap opera you've ever listened to. 